Welcome to the CineScare Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Speak. And I am also one of your hosts, Joe Jans. And with us, as always, is the one and only, the super fan, Mr. Mark Piscati. Hello! Hi! They're all, <laughs> they're all waving back at you. They're not waving back at you, Joe. Mark. They're only waving you, with one finger. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> um, well... We are back again. and uh, Off to a great start. <laughs> off to Consummate a, professionals. Yeah, Wait, what do you want me to say? I, I don't know. what <laughs> you, would, you guys got it easy, and I'm Joe Jans, and then I got to say something. I don't know what to say. Well, you I, could try saying your name, and then... You just say, hey, it. everybody. Yeah. You, you, you already said my name, though. <laughs> you can say, hey, everybody. You already said my yep. name, so That's I, I, I got to reply. I'm always, yeah. I always have to reply. You guys got it easy at the very beginning. Well, you got two weeks to think of the next one. Yeah. All right. Move, all right. We're going to move we're, past we're, this now. We're going to get an we're, we're okay. going to get an all rise moment. No, oh, no, no. Joe, yeah, what have see? you done? God yeah. damn it, Joe. Here we go. <laughs> we should start over. No. Oh, this is no good. Uh well, we are back again once once we are back again once again. Yes. <laughs> what the hell is going Allow on? Allow myself to introduce myself. <laughs> we are I'm back Richie again. Cunningham. Yes. My wife Oprah. <laughs> uh, yes, we are back again, and I we I watched a lot this week. Um, well, I guess most of it was was theme, but I watched a couple things that I'm really excited about. Actually, I didn't watch that much, but I watched a couple things that I am excited about. Um, Joe, what did you what did you watch this week? Are you sure you don't want to go first if you're so excited about it? I'm just sort of melancholy about yeah, what I ahead, watched. Go ahead, Matt. All right. Well, take the I lead. Guess, yeah, sure. Set I guess. the tone. <laughs> Make him uh, the lights. All right. Well, I didn't really watch that much, but I watched a <laughs> watched a few things that I did really like. So the the first thing I watched was a movie called Ms. Forty Five. That was uh, I believe this is on Shutter, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it is. It's on Shutter, and this was directed by Abel Ferrara, uh, and this is a I think it's a he's a um, uh, fairly well-known director in, in this in this genre of, of film. Uh, I'm looking through his movies right now. There's not a lot that I think uh, you know people would know that well, but and I think this is one that definitely the addiction uh, that was one I think um, that is relatively well known. Uh, he's got a, mo- a couple movies. Uh, one one movie called the uh, the funeral. It's got Christopher Walken in it. He, he's done a lot of stuff that... Oh, The King of New York. That was a big one with, with uh, Christopher Walken. Uh, anyway, this is, this is a really interesting uh, re- revenge film. And it, it's uh, 1981 is when it came out. It's about a shy and mute seamstress uh, who goes insane after being attacked, uh, attacked and raped twice in one day. She wanders the New York streets at night in a sexy black dress with her attacker's gun strapped to her garter belt, blowing away any man who wants to pick her up. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a crazy movie. Basically, this girl, she's, she's a seamstress, as it said, and she's mute. And she gets attacked on the street one day and, and raped in an alley. And the guy takes off. He's got this horrible mask on. It's this really creepy mask. And she goes home. And I, I 
don't exactly remember what they, why there was another guy in her apartment, but uh, this other guy winds up, winds up attacking her and raping her as well. And, but she kills this guy and then she goes, basically goes on a murder spree, but it's really, uh, kind of campy, but it's, I, I really enjoyed it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's pretty gory in part, or actually, I mean, there's not a lot of blood and everything, but, um, but she does, uh, and there's an awesome party scene at the end with like the best music ever. So I, I would, this is one I've been looking up. I think I'm going to get the vinyl of this because the the music in it is fantastic. It's perfect. Like late seventies, eighties kind of music. So anyway, I really enjoyed it. And this is one that, um, the more I read about it, the more I find it, it's, it's really kind of a cult classic. So, uh, that is Ms. 45 and it's on, I believe I did watch this one on... Yes, I watched it on Shudder. So that's definitely one to check out. And then the next thing I um, watched was The Cellar. And uh, this is a newer one, I believe, on... on, Yeah, it's a 2022. It's on uh, Shudder. And it is about... um, uh, It's kind of hard to explain... But basically, when Kira Wood's daughter mysteriously vanishes in the cellar of their new house in the country, she soon discovers there's an ancient and powerful entity controlling their home that she will have to face or risk losing her family's souls forever. So uh, this is interesting because this movie starts out, the first 20, 25 minutes are really strong. And then the last 20, 25 minutes are really strong. And in between... It's a lot of filler and just some just ridiculous metaphysical stuff that that didn't really make a lot of sense. It it, it really drag it sags in the middle. But it stars Alicia or Alicia Alicia Cuthbert. Uh, do you guys remember her from? Did you, you guys ever watch the the um, the movie or the TV show Twenty Four? Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. The she girl was, next door. Uh, movie. Yeah, yeah. Who she played was in the, the porn star. Right, right. In the girl next door, and she was uh, uh, Jack. What's his name? Jack. Uh, Jack Bauer. Jack Bauer's daughter in that. Yeah. Anyway, she plays the mom, and she's she's good, but it's just kind of a. It, I mean, it, it, there are some things that didn't really make a lot of sense to me. For one thing, what happened? They move into this big house. I I never really it, it it seems like it's set in England, but the family is American, and Alicia Cuthbert has is has you know obviously her American accent. But the kids, there's a boy, a daughter, and a son, and then the the dad. They all I'm quite sure the actors are British because they're all trying to do American accents, and it's it's not good American accents. You can hear like especially the son, you can really hear his like British accent coming out. Uh, so I, I, it's you know rare, but I just it's probably the worst American accents I've I've ever heard from from Brits. Um, but uh, the the daughter is home alone. Uh, the parents are off. They they're working on some startup. And uh, the daughter is home alone, and she the, all of a sudden the power goes out in this house, and so she goes down into the cellar to turn you know to flip the switch or whatever, and she disappears, and you know it cuts from there, 
and and but the family you just never get this there's like nobody's broken up about it like if your daughter was missing you'd be freaking out and and you just don't get that feeling like anybody really you know is like they're upset certainly but i don't think i saw anybody crying or anything it was very odd uh but there were some creepy moments in it it's definitely worth checking out if you're really in the mood for a haunted house tale there's kind of a mystery involved it's not terrible i get i think i gave it three stars or three cuts. Um, <clears throat> it's not terrible. It's entertaining. But it could have been a lot better. There were definitely some creepy moments, though. And I do think the beginning and the end were both pretty good. So it's if, you, if you're in the mood for a haunted house flick, uh, there aren't a lot available right now. It seems like we're not. We, we went through a phase of a lot of haunting movies there during the 2010s, especially. And we and we haven't really been getting that many of them, I feel like, uh, over the last few years. And so if you're really in the mood for one of those, it, it might be worth checking out. But uh, I wouldn't go out of your way for it, certainly. Uh, and then the other thing I wanted to mention is a show on, <clears throat> I think it's, yeah, Amazon Prime called Outer Range. Have you guys heard of this? Yeah, yeah. Heard of it. Haven't watched it yet. Haven't yeah. watched it yet. This is something, that, you know, what kind of kills me about these streaming services, a lot of times they don't really promote the shows that much, and so you just don't hear about them uh, unless somebody tells you or you happen to be scrolling around, you know, but sometimes they just get dumped on these services, and I, I don't know, maybe I just missed the promos or whatever, but... I saw a lot, I, I saw a lot of promos, actually, for this. This is oh, did with you? Um, uh, Josh Brolin, correct? Yeah, Josh Brolin right, and right. Uh, Lily Taylor. Uh, the, one of the sons is familiar to me only because he was, he played the brother in uh, Ozark, you know, the brother who... who, who oh, had, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's in it. Okay. Yeah, he's in it as one of the sons. Basically, he's plays great. he basically plays the exact same kind of character. Oh so, no, really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, he's not insane, but he's he or he's not. You know, he doesn't have like bipolar or whatever that brother had. Uh, but he he definitely is is kind of a he messes up stuff. You know. Um, it, but anyway, it's, the basic uh, plot of the story is. Josh Brolin goes right. He's a rancher, I believe, in Montana, maybe, uh, and he goes riding out onto his property and finds this big pit in the middle, a big circular pit, probably about I don't know ten yards in diameter, and uh, and and it's but there's something kind of hovering in it. It's obviously not just a hole. There, you know, and for one thing, he throws something down in there, and it doesn't sound like there's any end to it. But there's sort of almost like a fog covering over it or some kind of weird mist. And uh, I don't want to say too much more because, then you know, there's some events that happen and they wind up having to throw a body into the pit. And and at some point, one of the characters gets pushed into the pit and they kind of go to like almost I, I haven't gotten very far into this. I'm only two episodes in, so I don't exactly know where it's going. I know there's several episodes out and available now, but where I am, I'm only two episodes in, and where I am, it seems like there's maybe some sort of multidimensional um, situation going on on this show. But uh, it's interesting. I, I really like it. I like the tone of it, and I, I love you know creepy stuff out in the out in the wilderness. You know, it's it's kind of interesting to me. So. Uh, and there's a mystery to it and, and people with motives that are ambiguous right now anyway. So I, I, I'm curious about this one. So I definitely uh, suggest checking it out. And that is Outer Range 
Uh, it's a series, Outer Range. I don't know if it's going to be more than one season or if it's just a limited run, but uh, Outer Range, it's on Amazon Prime. Anyway, that was, uh, I think that's all I watched. Mark, what did you uh, watch? Um, I, I watched one thing. Um, it's called, good old Tubi, guys. Um, I watched a documentary of the scariest monsters in America. Um, it's a documentary on the top 10 monsters in the United States, uh, f- folklore, uh, uh, what have you. Um, so it, it's, it's not that good. Um, but I was compelled to uh, hang on to it because maybe Illinois would show up or Iowa or even uh, California just to, you know, tell what you guys what it again? is. It's called Scariest Monsters in America on Tubi. Huh. It's a documentary. Huh. So um, I, I, I'm going to I'm going to rank these. Well, I'm, I'm going to say what the rankings were because it, it's not that good, but. Just uh, say, so number 10 is Texas. It's called a Chuparaca. Chuparaca. It's called a um, uh, a, great, a goat sucker. Uh, <laughs> uh, the height and weight is 3 to 4 feet, 35 to 45 pounds. Defenses, claws, fangs. You mean chupal, Chupacabra? Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it's diet is goats. Rabbits, uh, dogs, chickens, and uh, so yeah. And then uh, number nine is Vermont. It's called a black-eyed children. You ever hear of that? Black-eyed what? Black-eyed children? No. Uh-uh. Appar- apparently, that's uh, Vermont's like uh, big uh, thing. Uh, height and weight: three to five feet, sixty to ninety pounds. Um, their defenses is uh, basically. Uh, um, to operate, to mind control. And uh, number eight's Oklahoma. And this is where I lost, uh, basically, uh, just lost track of this whole thing. Oklahoma is called the Oklahoma octopus. <laughs> and how, did, how is there an octopus in it's, it's, there the ocean anywhere near Oklahoma? Exactly. Yeah. No, no, yeah, it's uh, uh, fr- uh, <laughs> it's Oklahoma octopuses in freshwater lakes in Oklahoma. That's that's what I really checked out. And then uh, number seven from Lu- Louisiana, uh, it's uh, it's a werewolf called a a a, a rugarua, rugaroo. <laughs> it's a it's a werewolf. Wow. <laughs> number six is Jersey the, the, Devil. The problem with this, Joe, is that we're not sure if he's just mispronouncing these or, or if that's the actual name. Yeah. Yeah. Now, right. I've heard of wait, the New Jersey wait. Devil. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay, so the Jersey Devil is if he messed is that from one New up Jersey. Then, yeah. yeah, Jersey <laughs> Devil. Um, yeah, Alice uh, is uh, Leeds uh, Devil and Drake Kill. Uh, number five from Tennessee, the Bell Witch. <laughs> number four. Oh, yeah, the for, Bell Witch. We, the I, Bell Witch, I, you know about it? Yeah. Well, I, re- I think I read a ghost story of that one. I believe you did. When we did, maybe it was found footage or something like that, because it... it Back in the day when we now, used but... to read ghost stories. Right, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so, well, Bell Witch from Tennessee. Number four, West Virginia, The Mothman. And I believe uh, there was yeah. a, a, a film, uh, The Mothman Prophecies, or, yep. or something like that. They yeah. talked about that. Number three, Arizona, called uh, Lalo Roma. Ever hear of that? Is it La Llorona? Yes. La Llorona? Yeah. yeah. There was a movie 
That's the uh, woman, yeah. yeah. Uh, number two, Wendigo from uh, northern Minnesota. I don't understand why really Minnesota. Isn't it pronounced Wendigo or Wendingo? Yeah, it's Wendigo. A, Wendigo. 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 Uh, yeah, it's, it's a... Uh, Wendigo. Oh, you're... Yeah, you're... Well, Antlers is a Wendig- Wendigo story. And, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, but, but it would be Minnesota because that, that area is where you, a lot of Native Americans right. are. And, and, that, and it's a Native American legend. And then the number one of, I guess, uh, folklore is Bigfoot uh, in uh, California and... and Montana or whatever. Well, all over, really. It, you know. Yeah. So. Anywhere there's lots of trees. Yeah. 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 So that's what I watched. And that's on good old Tubi, huh? That's a good old Tubi, man. And that's it. That's all you well, watch. Really get what you pay for. That's that's yeah. That's that's what I that's what I watched. All right, uh, Mr. Joe Jan. Uh, I didn't watch much more than Mark did. I watched an episode of Cursed Films. The one where they got into the cannibal holocaust. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I really hate to talk anymore about that film because the last thing I want to do is encourage people to go watch it. But uh, I can honestly say that the cursed films documentary about all the problems on the film really were not very interesting at all. You know, like I came away from that Wizard of Oz one with all these little nuggets of information. This one was just more of like a behind the scenes, not really like a curse. Um, it was just more about like the interview with the French director and he was kind of a jerk. And but he got people to, you know, rape people on screen and kill live animals on screen. And so, you know, there was that. Yeah. And then I, yeah. I saw, you know, I joked about this, but uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, directed yeah. by Sam yeah. Raimi, which I, I will say, I know it is not an actual horror film, but there is a zombie in it. There are demons in it. There are ghosts in it. There's plenty of blood. Bruce Campbell's in it a couple of yeah. times. Yeah. I mean, if this doesn't have major influences from Evil Dead... I don't know what does. Yeah. There's tons of yeah, no, uh, uh, references. Rez went and saw it this weekend, my my son, and uh, he he said that it was almost like a horror movie. It had a lot of gore yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. So Scariest Marvel no, no, movie I... to date. Hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Did, you guys, did you guys like it? I... It was... It, yes. It was a... It was... It was a... Uh, I liked it. It was more of a. I walked out just going, huh, okay. And I, I don't know if I'll watch it again for a while. I, I don't know. It just, it wasn't that impactful for me. Hmm. Um, but I mean, no. I mean, it, it was interesting. There, there's some great scenes in it. But it, it was more of a. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. I, I do like Sam Raimi, but it was really a. It was hard to watch the film without being constantly reminded frame after frame that this is Sam Raimi. Look at me. This is what I do. You know, other directors can direct a good movie and sort of hide behind their talents and not have to be so on the nose with what they're, they're known for. And you can watch the film and just sort of forget who the director is and still appreciate it. This one, it's just every frame. I was like, Hey, look at me. It's Sam Raimi. 
which yeah. which isn't you know necessarily a slam. It's not a bad thing. Like I said, I did enjoy the film. I will say I really enjoyed the score. Danny, yeah, Danny yeah, Elfman Danny knocked it out of the park. And man, he was good. And that being said, uh, although this will come out on Friday, so that means two days prior, Wednesday on Mondo, they're releasing the uh, double disc vinyl album. One, one per household on vinyl. Yeah. Yeah, it look it looks pretty too. Damn it, Mark. It looks pretty. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, I don't know, Mark or uh Rez came home after seeing it and, and Rez likes everything that he watches, I swear. And he was kinda like, eh, it was alright. So Yeah, it's well I mean I I also like when I saw the first Doctor Strange I was just kind of like a meh and mm. I mean he's not my favorite character, but I don't know. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't that into the first one either. But but I don't want to look into the past. I want to look into the future. So like when this comes out today, of course, we're all going to be glued to our TVs, waiting for Firestarter to come out. Yeah, <laughs> on, yeah. on Peacock. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Peacock. Well, thank God it's on Peacock. Yeah, um, you gotta love the cock. I, I'm, yeah. I, they don't. They don't <laughs> have. Yeah, they don't have. Uh, Zach Efron. Oof. It's not the greatest feeling going into this movie because they it it's uh, there's no reviews out on it yet and normally there would be reviews but they they must not have released it early for it's reviews. just locked down so tight you know they yeah. want to be a big reveal uh, well maybe yeah like they just want to <laughs> blow everyone away yeah which right. is why they're doing it in theaters and on peacock at the same right, time exactly. yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 they're like we're probably not going to get people to we better put this on tubi in hopes that somebody will watch it yeah, that'll be me. Yeah, yeah. We're in fact, we're so not sure about this. We were actually for our next theme going to do Stephen King, but now we're pushing it back to October or September, whenever Salem's Lot yeah. comes out. We're going to do a special Stephen King episode then. Smart idea. But, Although yeah. when I make a mistake, I like to admit it, and hopefully yeah. I haven't because I haven't heard the whole thing yet. But even though I haven't seen the movie yet, I've already bought the vinyl soundtrack from Mondo just because John Carpenter. Did some oh, of it? Yeah, yeah, he did. Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Did he? Did he do the soundtrack for the first one? I don't, the original? I don't think I don't so. I don't think so. Yeah. No. But no, I no. I won't get. To, well, I think you can hear the whole thing now, or at least tomorrow on iTunes, the whole soundtrack. But oh, really? Uh, yeah. Oh, I don't okay. get my vinyl until like October, which blows. Oh, really? Yeah. It doesn't. <laughs> it, the vinyl's not coming out until October. Yeah. Wow. Well, like I ordered the Dune, uh, Hans Zimmer. Uh, double disc set off of Mondo like three months ago, and I don't get it till November. Uh, yeah, I uh, I'm actually signing up for a couple trainings at work uh, that you get paid extra for, so that I can go down and I'm going to buy that. Uh, there's a, a limited edition promo only of the Thing soundtrack from the original motion picture. Or not that the original, awesome. but the John Carpenter uh, 1980s uh, better, thing. Better hope so it's still there. Get, oh, it I, will be. It's been, I, oh, I saw really? a picture from a couple months ago, and it was still up there. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm pretty sure it will be. But I would freaking um, get it if I was there. Oh, I would have yeah, gotten it. I'm going to gotten gotten grab that baby. Um, anyway, uh, well, I guess that's it for all we've seen. Uh, and so that brings us to Joe's pick. So, Joe, take it away. Okay, I, I want a moment of silence so you guys can appreciate the music that's being played currently underneath us right now. Which Ooh, is, I love it. Which is the theme to The Natural, because 
I hit this one out of the park. Uh, all, <laughs> all six movies that I picked. Everything. This is a this is a scare first. All yep. the movies that we collectively watched were all enjoyable and enjoyed by all. Yep. Yes. So we chose workplace horror, something that will get under everybody's skin, something everybody can relate to. So it's horror in the workplace. And yep. just to review, we're going to be covering 2016's Belco Experiment, 2012's Compliance, 2017's Mayhem, uh, 2015 Bloodsucking Bastards, 2011 Cabin in the Woods, and we could not forget the 1989 Intruder film. So, which one do you want to talk about first? Um, well, <clears throat> I don't know. What Do you want to go by... I mean, we could go by chronological chronological order, I guess, or or I don't know, whatever you want to do. It's your it's yeah, your okay. Picks. Your so picks. We're so. gonna go with whatever I pick, uh, which is the order okay. I just read, because my okay. paperwork is already in that order. So okay. the whole reason I picked this is because the Belco experiment is one of my favorites, and yeah. so we watched 2016 Belco experiment. For those of you who have not seen it, here is the brief synopsis. Um, Belco Industries is a non-for-profit company that's located in Caracas, Venezuela, and it is one of 40 such facilities around the globe, and it's run by the United States government. Now, on the employee's first day, well, the actual, the purpose of the Belco, Belco experiment, or Belco Industries, I should say, is to recruit Americans to come to these foreign countries to find them employment there. So on their first day, at this one particularly in Venezuela, the everyone is implanted with a tracking device in the back of their head. Now it is told to them that the reason they're doing this is because there's abductions. They they don't want people to get, you know, on their way to work dragged out of their cars and never heard from again. So they're doing this as like an insurance purpose so they'd be able to track them in case they were abducted. Now, on the very first day of work that we see People are at work, it's their normal day, and then all of a sudden, giant metal shutters and doors begin closing this building in entirely. There's no daylight coming in at all whatsoever. And a mysterious voice is overheard instructing all the employees that they need to kill two employees or else several more will be killed at random. Now, of course, everybody assumes this is just some sort of prank and nobody pays a whole lot of attention. They all start milling around, and then all of a sudden they realize two employees, three employees, their heads begin to explode. Those tracking devices that they all had implanted into the base of their skull are not exactly tracking devices as much as they are bombs. So they begin to realize that this is no longer a joke, and the employees are constantly being watched and it's so evident through the fact that I'm sure you guys picked up on this. The logo for Belco Industries is actually a, an eye, like an eyeball. Ah, uh, yeah. So uh, anyway, and then these people are, you know, crying and freaking out. And then all of a sudden the voice comes on over again. And it says then begins part two of the experiment where they're told they must kill 30 employees within two hours or else 60 people will die randomly. Now they realize this isn't a joke anymore and they're starting to sanction themselves off. They're starting to create alliances. There are guys that work there that had military training and they're starting to look at their 
fellow employees and they're starting to sanction them off as like, all right, who here is over 65 years old? Who doesn't have children? And they're basically just assessing these people's lives in an effort to decide who to kill. And that's exactly how they proceed. And right before time winds up, the two hour time limit's done and they've only killed 29 people. So now they didn't fulfill their orders. More heads just start randomly exploding. And then the voice comes back on again for phase three, which is basically telling them whoever kills the most amount of people will get to walk out of there. And now it's just a killing frenzy. And they're giving tallies like, you know, so-and-so's got 12, so-and-so's got eight. And now there's a sense of urgency, you know, like I'm falling behind. I got to kill more people so I can get out of here. And one survivor stands and is led to this shack across from the building to which he meets the guy who was the voice the whole time. And the voice basically keeps proceeding to ask him more questions and real and sort of, uh, lets him in on the whole gimmick that this whole thing is basically just a sociological experiment or a psychological experiment to see how people would act in this situation. So that's the, the general overview. Uh, this was written by James Gunn. Actually it was written by James Gunn in three days in a hotel room. Um, but it stars, uh, our main character is Mike played by John Gallagher, who was, um, he was the guy in the mask in the movie hush. With the mute girl that, you know, they're breaking into. Yeah, yeah. Right, what, yeah. What, who was that? That was Mike, the main character. Yeah. Played. Oh, that was him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this also has uh, Tony Goldwyn as the boss, another great character actor. Wendell Dukes, an absolute favorite of mine, played by John C. McGinley. And uh, then there's Sean Gunn, the guy that played... Yeah, I could never see that actor without thinking of you. Which, Probably because oh, John of your, C. McGinley? Of, yeah, because of your love of uh, Scrubs. Scrubs, I yeah. Think. yeah. Um, and a, Point Break. <laughs> and Seven. Yeah. And Platoon. Yeah. yeah. It just goes on and on. Uh, the guy who played the voice is Greg Henry. And then, of course, Michael Rooker is also in this film. The reason I'm pointing out those guys is James Gunn, Sean Gunn, Greg Henry, and Michael Rooker were all in Guardians of the Galaxy as well, which was filmed three yeah. years prior. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. So yeah, I I I love this film. I love this film. Um, the the scene where um they have to uh, kill I it it was thirty people in two hours. Two hours, right? Yep. In two hours, and and they have them lined up. I I after watching this film, I realized that I think I can kill somebody. <laughs> I I think I can murder somebody if I was in that situation. I think I can do that. I think I. I was relating to Barry, Tony Goldwyn's uh, character, a lot in this, and it's it, it was it was one of those things when he's just lining it up. I mean, he obviously he did not want to do it. He did not want to do it. But Joe and I both would have told you you could kill someone. Oh yeah, <laughs> we we wouldn't have been surprised. Yeah. I, well, oh really? I mean, if Joe, if the police called you tomorrow and said, you know, one of the guys on your podcast, Mark Piscati, he's murdered a bunch of people. Would would that shock you that much? No, not at all. No. Okay. What? <laughs> but that being said, if this, if you got the same call, phone call about me, would you be surprised? No, I wouldn't be surprised at no. all. 
Well, it would depend. I'd be like, what was the situation? Well, oh, no, 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 you would have said, what's the situation? <laughs> but, but you fantastic. Like fantastic. You bunch said, of people were really pissing him off. <laughs> you would have said, what did... Oh, yeah, no, I, I totally believe <laughs> You would have said, what did Mark do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did he do? Yeah, what did Mark do? No. I could see Joe killing a bunch of people spontaneously, just blowing up one day and killing a bunch of people. Mark, I could see him methodically doing it over a period of years. Well, that, That's funny you say that. That's funny you say that because I... Because I'm working I, on that plan right now. No, 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 no. No, no. I'll, I, I will, I, I, I will uh, bring up a question later. Later on in the episode. And then... Because very... Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm on to you guys. So... I, yeah, I don't even know I, what that means. I, I don't no, no, you'll know. You'll know. You'll know. So, um, but anyways, when they're lined up and all that, I can see myself, you know, just shooting these people in the back of the head. I want to get back home to my family and my daughter. And, yeah, I mean, he did the right thing. He put the 60-year-olds and the old people, like, up there. Well, of course, or else there's going to be 60 people dead, an extra 30 off the bat like that. You're going to have to do it. I thought that was, like, a really logical explanation. Hey, you've lived your life. You've done this. You know, you've had kids. You've, you've lived the longest. Time for you to go. I'm sorry. I mean, I, I actually agree with that. Well, I, I will admit, the very first time that I watched this movie, it changed my perception of my job. Because <laughs> I went into the office next day thinking, all right, if all the doors close and a voice comes over and I have to do this, who's a threat? And so I'm walking down the hallways of the office, basically sizing up everybody that I work with and going like, yeah, I could kill that person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, absolutely. And I'm like, all right, well, the guys in the warehouse have the biggest threat, but there's a lot of flammables back there. So Molotov cocktail, bar the door. I got them down. Now I just got to work on the office people. So, I mean, it, it really changes your perception of who's the threat in your Jesus office. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, seriously. That's oh, what I'm, I did. I'm walking out of there. <laughs> oh, yeah, me too. Because, like, when I watched the Velcro experiment, uh, experiment, I was working at the golf course. I've been working there for years. I know this uh, golf resort, nook and cranny to the corner, what weapons I can get, the guarding shears, you know, the, the, the sickles. I, I, we have sickles. The guarding there. shears? Yeah, the gardening shears. Oh, okay. You just got to okay. slice your hamstrings on the back there, and they're Achilles yeah, tendon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll quit so, the game. He'll, yeah, he'll quit the game. Yeah. I, I know where the gasoline is. I know, and and I I was sizing up people. I was going, I could take that guy. I could take that guy. <laughs> the, the women aren't going to be a problem. They're just going to be screaming, like, hit, you know, grabbing a golf cart, you know, beverage cart, and just, like, driving off as far as they can, and then they'll probably get shot. It's like, I got this down to a T. I actually went all the way that I would actually just struggle with some of the cooks. The cooks would have, I would have had problems with the cooks. Because of the knives? Well. <laughs> and they're bigger yeah, than and you? They're, and they're bigger than yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. But, and okay, Matt, so, so here's teacher, the question. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so be careful, Matt, what you say. You're a teacher. <sighs> like, did you size up some people in the high school? Nope. <laughs> oh, you would have been so screwed. You would have had students and all that kind of stuff. You would have been screwed. Yeah, yeah I don't know. They, I, I, I didn't think about it after that. Really, I didn't take see, it see. that way. Okay, so here, so, so here it is. Here's, here's my question. In the Sinisgear workplace, 
who three of us. would win. Yeah, there's three of us. Exactly. <laughs> who would be the first to go? Well, you, yeah. Because Joe and I would t- yeah. team up. Exactly. And then exactly. we would have. A, then we. I wrote it down. <laughs> I wrote it down. I wrote it down to prove it. I proved it. And then proved it. Because because look, I'm already one step ahead of you guys because I knew you guys were gonna do that. You gonna gang up on me? I would have run like the devil just to recoup. And the only person I would really have to worry about is Joe because he's an archer. He 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 knows how to shoot a gun. And Matt Matt's a really nice guy. I don't think Matt's got it in him to just start swinging away and like just killing somebody. So I think I would take out Matt first, and then I'll probably get killed by Joe. Still, ro- still waters run deep, Mark. Yeah, I, I think uh, Mark would go first, and then Matt and I would agree go first. on a suicide we, pack. Yeah. and then Oh, a suicide pack. Yeah, and then How I would pull my trigger, and I would hear a click, and then Matt would laugh and then blow my head off. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, Matt, I, what did I you did, think of the I, film? I didn't love it. I, I liked it. Uh, I, I thought it was entertaining. I, I had a problem with the ending. I hated the. I absolutely hated the ending. Um, and uh, but I, I liked it. I thought it was entertaining. I, I liked. I liked it. Um, I you know I mean it's exciting. I thought it was entertaining. I, it was. I think it was the first one of these that I watched too. So it was a great. It was a great way to start out. I, I wound up liking most of the others more. Uh, except, except blood sucking bastards. I didn't care for that one too much, but it was okay. Did Joe, did Joe and I build it up a little bit too much for you? Uh, Joe didn't, but like you tend to like say, I love it so much. I gave birth to a baby myself and named it Belko. You know, like you, you can't just like something. It's always has to be something so extreme that, that like, it makes me think, Oh, I'm about to go see, you know Schindler's List or something like that, but no, I it, it wasn't. You should that. know by now. I know. We, I, we I do. I do know by now. We may just have a new bumper for this episode now. What? <laughs> Normally, it's something Mark says. Yeah. <laughs> About um, time. But but uh, I I no I liked it. I definitely did. But uh, I. You know, I, I did have a problem with the ending, I, but I I thought it was very entertaining. I I enjoyed it. Um, but I like some of the other ones better. But, what was the problem yeah. with the ending? What, what, what did you? Well, I don't want to. I don't want to. I just. I we can talk about it later because I. I don't know. Like this one. This is one where I, I don't know that everyone's seen these movies. But but too I felt cliche. Too <clears throat> cliche. Like, it was a, just. I just didn't think it was believable, and okay. I, I would have rather had a. I don't know, just a different ending. I didn't. I didn't think that what he was, what he managed to do at the end seemed a little disbelievable. Or unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, it didn't yeah. Okay. seem believable to yeah. me. Sure. Now that, and so I, I liked everything else up to that point, and then the ending, I was like, ah, that deflated me a bit. Um, but I, I thought it was exciting and and interesting and a, and a really cool concept. But I, I was, I, I felt like the ending uh, wasn't quite there. Yeah, it, I mean, I mean, Belko experiments kind of like I guess you could say battle royale, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, sort of, yeah, yeah. But I, I liked it. I did like it. I the, speaking of endings that I thought that they almost stuck the ending and didn't was Ozark. Uh, by the yeah. way, I thought I thought it was I thought they I, almost I, stuck it. You know, and I I told this to Michelle. I said, you know, it's when. Uh, 
when the when the gymnast does the flips and everything and then lands and, and then does that step. just that little yeah, step, yeah, you know, step. that one yeah. little step. And it, I thought the ending there was like a Absolute double ending agreement. to that show, and the second ending wasn't that great. But anyway, um, I, I liked the last episode, though. It was just the very end that I was like, oh, they didn't need that part. I have a question oh. for you, too, when the show is done to ask you about that. But about sure. Ozark? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but anyway, I did like that. And I have to say that this is probably, Joe, congratulations uh, are in order, because this is probably the episode that had... All movies, the only episode so far that has had, in terms of our, you know, themes, uh, that had all movies I liked, I think. I can't think of another one that I yes. liked all the movies. Because, like, Halloween, I didn't really care for, you know, a couple of those. There were entertaining parts of them, but, I, you know, but this was one yeah, I thought all were good movies. It's never happened before. Which, remember, yeah, it's like, never happened before. Remember, like, yeah. 15 minutes ago when I said we were playing The Natural? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right, yeah. yeah. I could rewind you could, it if you want to hear it. You again. could use that in your bumper too, Joe. <laughs> uh, what's the next one, Joe? Uh, the next one we're going to go to is the other one that shook me to my core, which is Compliance from 2012. Oh yeah, that yeah. was, was oh. a tough one. Uh, okay, yeah. so the synopsis on this is a fast food restaurant manager. Her name is Sandra. She's having a bad day. Uh, suddenly, she gets a phone call, and it's on a Friday night at like uh, they call it Chickwitch, which is basically like a McDonald's or a it's a fast food restaurant. It's Friday night. They're really busy. The manager gets a phone call from a man claiming to be a police officer who has a complaint that one of the young empl- female employees at the counter has stolen money out of a customer's purse. And at the orders of this authoritative sounding stranger, Sandra takes the apparent accused girl, Becky, to the back room to search her before she's picked up by the police officers. Once she's there, the phone, the guy on the end of the phone, excuse me, is, um, manipulates the manager to strip search this girl against her will and hold her there against her will. And of course the manager is also trying to run a very busy Friday night shift at this fast food restaurant. And is having to get other people to come in to sort of take her place. This girl, Becky, has been stripped completely naked. On occasion, she is allowed to wear an apron to cover herself up. Meanwhile, this woman, Sandra, is so busy, she ends up calling her newly uh, new fiancé in to come take care of the phone. Now, the reason the police officers are not kicking in the door and bringing Becky to the station is because they've been told that they're in the middle of another raid, something of much larger uh, importance that Becky may actually be remotely involved into. So they cannot spare a police officer to go get her. So they sort of kind of deputize these restaurant managers. You have to act as us. You have to act on our behalf and do what we would do. And basically Becky's options are to be hauled downtown and booked and processed, or they can handle it off the books in the office of the restaurant. And so this manager's fiance comes in and is handed the phone and is told to do several things to this girl uh, in, in an effort to try to find the cash, which would have her bending over for a cavity search, 
doing jumping jacks in front of her. And it's just the most degrading, deplorable act I could ever see putting anybody through in my entire life. And I'm assuming we're okay to spoil this one, 2012. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. Okay. Yeah. Um, it turns out the guy on the other end of the phone is not a cop. He's a prank phone caller. And he did this to 70 different restaurants around the country. This is not, uh, this is actually based on an actual occurrence, actual yeah. several occurrences. Uh, yeah. One of which was the Applebee's right here in Davenport, Iowa. Yep. Um, so this guy did it to 70 different restaurants in 30 different uh, states across the nation. And he eventually got caught. And the guy that actually did this, um, he was a prison guard. So he was around police officers enough that he knew the jargon. He knew how to interrogate people, but he actually had zero authority. Um, but he, he, he had enough knowledge to seem authoritative and realistic. So I have, I, I've since done all this research, by the way, for those people that don't think that their phones or their Alexas or any of those things are constantly listening to them there, you're wrong. They're always on, they're always listening to you. And the reason I'm saying this is we decided we were going to watch this movie. I started talking about this movie to a couple of people in the office and all I could hear, uh, was, you know, all these devices could hear me talk about for like a day and a half was this movie. Then the very next day, an old article from 20, 2005 about this movie came up 21 page article that I was reading through. So it was just wow. way, way too coincidental. And it was on That's the crazy. front page of Yahoo news. So anyway, this is just, um, unnerving watching this movie. I, I, you know, I cannot believe how insanely idiotic these people acted in this scenario and that they didn't think for themselves at all. Now, do Joe, it, it, here's a question since you did a lot of research. Was this movie combined with the other 70 uh, uh, instances that, and they just combined it yeah. into a movie where it's just absolutely insane? It's like, why would they do this? Because uh, because uh, it was insane. It's like just with this girl. Uh, like why would she even like put up with this? It, it, why would she even stay? It's like stand up for your rights. You're working at a fast food restaurant, and I know there's like some occurrences where you know it just upbringing and like where you are, where you've been raised, and and just self esteem. I, I I get all that, but I mean that went to like a whole different level of, and it was just was it. Was it actually this one occurrence? It was a compilation. Compilation? Yes. Okay. But I think everything that happened to this girl is what happened in the real story, though. The like, real I, story I, was at a McDonald's in Mount Washington, Kentucky on April 9, 2004. Yeah. But I, I don't think that this was a compilation. I think this story is what happened to that girl in the McDonald's. Like, she wound up having to do oral sex on the guy and all of that stuff. Yeah. And, and, and what it was a piece all, of shit that guy was. And it was I mean, the maintenance guy who, yep. who blew the whistle was on the everything. one who blew the whistle. He was like, no, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, of all the people, it was the maintenance guy who, who was like, what? what are you, this isn't what right. What are you doing? Yeah. yeah. Now, in reality, the only person who actually did time was the fiancé, Walter Nix. Um, 
Yeah, the the guy who actually did the whole thing, the ran the whole thing, he was what acquitted no, or whatever. Yeah, um, David Stewart, who was yeah. the guy that uh, was passing himself off as Officer Daniels. Um, David Stewart was found not guilty due to insufficient evidence. Yep, and and, and then the manager but, was given probation. And Why? as a result, though, of being arrested, none of these things ever happened again. True. Yes. Now, one other thing. Uh, in October of 2007, so this is almost three years later, a Kentucky jury ordered McDonald's to pay Louise uh, Ogborn, was the victim's name. Um, McDonald's was supposed to pay her $5 million in punitive damages and $1.1 million in compensatory damages and expenses. However, after appeals in March of 2010... McDonald's and Ogborn settled out of court for $1.1 million total with no punitive damages. That's all this girl got. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah, she she had bad uh, advice, Yeah, I think. She she could have gotten way more. Well, That's I mean, look horrible. at this thing took place in 2004, and it's all the way to 2010 before she even got a settlement. Yeah. So that's six oh years of her life she's got to go through court cases. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, if if all you listeners uh, wanted true crime podcasts, I mean, here it is. <laughs> yeah, this is this is sitting yeah. at the tenth it's degree. Sickening. It's just yeah. it is, and 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 there was uh, like scenes in this just with um, uh, uh, he the, the guy that was making the phone calls. His phone card uh, uh, went dead, and he had to put another phone car, card in, and he had to, like, run upstairs, and they still didn't even catch it. They It's like, wait, something's wrong. Hey, wait, I have to change uh, my phone card. And, yeah, just, it's just, a, just this gullible. Is, and This is one of those movies that I think everybody should watch. Yeah. You know, just purely for an awareness thing that whenever anybody yeah. calls you, I don't care who they say they are, question everything. Oh, it's yeah, just, totally. it's infuriating. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I loved every minute of this movie because I just so I. I couldn't believe um, that the situation, like you can't write this stuff. It actually yeah. happened. It's just boggling my mind. I'm throwing things at my TV. I'm yelling in the air. I'm like, I cannot believe. Oh, if a movie was trying to get an emotional response out of you, this one did it. Hit the nail on the yeah. head. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought it was, it was very well done. The, the cast is fantastic. Uh, and it, it stars, what well, did you already say? Ann Dowd, who I think is just yes. a f- amazing. Was that the manager? Yes. Yeah, the, the, the manager. Yeah, she was so she, amazing. She, she's great in everything she does. She's, she's fantastic. Hereditary. She's in, yep. um, well, she was in, what was that, uh, that TV show Justified? Yes. She was, that was the f- first place I really noticed her was in Justified. She played like a backwoods, uh, like cartel boss or, you know, crime boss. And she was so good in that. And that's where I really first noticed her. And then, of course, she was in Hereditary and a lot of other things. She was in The Americans, which is one of my favorite shows of the last decade. Handmaid's yeah. Tale. Handmaid's Tale, right. I yep, love that yeah, show. She's great in oh, that. Oh, that, yes. That's yeah. where I knew her from. Yep. She's been in. She's very great. She's a great um, character actor. And then Bill Camp, another character actor, who was in a fantastic HBO show I saw a couple years ago called The Night of. He played a detective, 
and he's he's always good in everything I've seen him in too. And then the girl, uh, I believe, was played by uh, Dreama Walker or Dreama Walker. I'm not sure how to pronounce her name, but she was great too. So everyone was very believable. It was good. The guy that uh, was the director is Craig Zobel. He also did one of my other favorite movies, The Hunt. Yeah, and he directed. Um, <clears throat> he directed would, uh, would. Mayor of Eastville to Easttown, uh, mm-hmm. another HBO yeah. uh, show that was good. So yeah, The Hunt, Joe. What? Uh, I don't. I, I never saw that. Uh, yeah, he did. Yeah, I think he did. I th- uh, you, yeah, you talked about it. All these rich people, uh, they grab a bunch of commoners off the internet and transport them to this island to hunt them. Oh, oh yeah, okay, got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but great show. Not easy to watch. Not Definitely no. not an easy one to watch. It's very tense, and you're, you want to jump through the screen and punch people. And it, it's really, I mean, if you didn't if you didn't know it was based on a true story, you'd think it, there's no way this could happen. Right. You'd, you'd be like, how could this ever happen? But it happened, and it happened a lot. So, yeah, I, I said a lot of, what are you doing? What are right. you doing? Stop. Yeah. I will never yeah. go to our local Applebee's again. Yeah. <laughs> Rubes. Well, that, I don't know if it's Applebee's fault, though, Joe. But I don't care. I got to blame somebody. Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, why, would you, why would you eat the food? Anyways? No more riblets. Ruby, Ruby Tuesdays instead, huh? Okay. Um, it was Chi-Chi's. Is that, I don't know if that's still there or not. But <laughs> No, it's not. Ruby Tuesdays? The yeah. Village Inn. What oh, about? yeah, Village Inn. You can always just go to Village Inn. Yeah, yeah go to Village I could, Inn. I could blame Bombay Bicycle Club. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so what's the next one you want to talk uh, about, Joe? The next one we're going to talk about is 2017's Mayhem. Oh, yeah. Mm. This I loved. I really liked mm. this one a lot. See, that's surprising. That's This is my, I think, I mean, I did like it, but I, I would rank this last. Out of the oh, movies really? that we watched, no, yeah. Oh, really? really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I no, think I this missed would, up. Yeah, this one would probably be second for me. Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this is 2017's Mayhem. Mayhem tells the story of a virus that's called Red Eye that infects a corporate law office on the day that attorney Derek Cho is framed by a co-worker and wrongfully fired. The infection is spread throughout the building and is capable of pe- making people act out their wildest impulses, most of which are murder. Um, They're all trapped in quarantine in this building until our hero is forced to savagely fight tooth and nail, not only for his job, but for his life. So, and this is starring uh, Stephen Yoon, who most people know as Glenn from The Walking Dead. Yep. Al- also had... Uh, Dallas, the Reaper. Dallas Roberts. Dallas Roberts. As uh, Milton. Milton in The Walking Dead. In season three, uh, Governor's right-hand man. Yes. And also, don't forget, uh, Samara Weaving, yes. who was in uh, Ready or Not, or as I like to call her, just a simple Margot Robbie um, oh, lookalike. Oh, no, she's yeah. so smoking hot. Oh, and she's also in The Babysitter. Yeah, she's in yes. The Babysitter. Yeah. Yeah, so, she, yeah. Uh, she's great. I lo- I think she's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, she's great. I I really did like this film. Uh, obviously not as much as the others like I said. Uh I think it's just be- it, it seemed like it was influenced a lot by Fight Club. 
and a video game. You know, it's very, um, you know, I got to beat this level and then I find the boss and then I go to the next mm-hmm. level and that type of scenario. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And just a lot of the scenarios with him punching himself in the face just reminded me a lot of, and uh, the, the constant narration to the camera, it seemed really fight clubby to me, mm, but, mm. um, I did like, I liked a lot of the kills were fantastic. A lot of mm-hmm. good special effects. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I, yeah. I thought it was fun. Yeah, I, I I love uh, it's one of my favorite lines out of the whole uh, movies that we've watched. Um, you open doors like my grandmother fucks. <laughs> I I died on that one because she says it so brilliantly. Just her eyes are blazing. She's all jacked up because it's. I mean, it, it, what I what I like about this uh, uh, this film or this virus, I guess is that um, it, it takes away all your innovation, uh, innovations. It's either you want to... Innovations? Ink- yeah, innovations. Uh, and, it takes uh, away all your innovations. They, they probably yeah. shouldn't have this They're virus very like innovative. Apple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Innovations, innovations. <laughs> it's either you want to kill somebody or you want to, like, fuck somebody. I mean, that, that sounds like a virus I could get behind. Uh, I mean, it's it's a lot better than uh, the the virus I think that we've been dealing with for the past two, three years, whatever. Because that boring flu. I mean, I'd rather take this virus than any other virus. It, well, it was this, fun. This one apparently originated in Des Moines. <laughs> it said, Did it? It, "Yeah, at the beginning of the news." Yeah, that's what they reel, said. They said yeah. it originated Moines, in Des Moines, Iowa. Iowa yeah, <laughs> yeah. Freaking Iowa, man. Yeah, Lord knows what they're doing in Des Moines. That would have been amazing. No, no, I, I, I actually, uh, I, I really, uh, I really enjoyed this one. I, I, I love the speech uh, that Stephen did uh, when he's with um, uh, Samara, and they're walking, and uh, he's got it, or uh, her boss with her like henchmen uh, walking, and he does the nice speech where uh, the phone call happens, and he's got some, you know, there's some therapist on the lines going, hey, let's take a deep breath. Let's just talk, you know, let's sit down and breathe. And he does a nice little uh, speech about um, saying, all right, so this is what's going to happen. I'm not responsible for this. I'm not responsible for uh, homicide or, uh, you know, a deadly assault. And it, it, gave me, it gave me a little goosebumps. I liked it. I loved it. I love I love uh, Samara Weaving. She's just, yeah. Uh, Joe hit it on the head with uh, Margot uh, Robbie. She's like super flying, secondhand hot. Okay. Was that a sentence? <laughs> was it? I don't, I don't think so. I don't know if it was. <laughs> um, okay. Sort of trailed off at the end there. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I really enjoyed it. I, I like the guy who was, I think he's sort of like head of a- HR or something like that. That's, um, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, I've never seen him before. Is that the guy who was in Walking Dead? Yeah, Dallas Roberts. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, the Reaper. Yeah. Lester. Yeah. He, yeah. he, he was really good. Uh, of course, Samara Re- Weaving, I think, I think she's just great. I think, you know, she doesn't get enough, um, uh, it feels like she doesn't get enough parts in like just regular movies. She's in a lot of genre, which is fine. But she's kind of got this combination of Margot Robbie's looks, but a quirky personality. So I, I really I, I like that. Um, and then, uh, of course, yeah, I, I like uh, the main actor as well. 
what's his name again? Stephen Yoon. Yeah, Stephen Yoon. He's he's really good. I thought, in fact, I thought he was. I didn't, you know, no, I never thought that much of him as as uh, in the, in The Walking Dead, but uh, Glenn as Glenn in The Walking Dead. I mean, he was good and everything, but I didn't. But this, you really get to see a, a bit more of him, and I thought he was pretty interesting. I I just I don't know. I I, I liked this one. It seemed the it, it's similar setup to. I mean, it's not the same, obviously, but it's a, kind of the same sort of setup as as Belco. You're in an office building, and everyone's killing each other, basically. Um, but I don't know. I really enjoyed it. It was bloody. It was, um, you know, kind of had some fun. Uh, the shots and and uh, cinematography and a lot of the editing. I th- I liked all that. The paintings. The cinematography the paintings. and the editing were fantastic because the building that they filmed that in seemed gargantuan, but it was actually only three stories tall. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, you're wow. shitting me. Nope. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And and Steven's so charismatic. I mean, just yeah. I, I just love watching him on on the screen. Yeah. I think he's he great. Was, it was great. So, uh, what what's the next one, Joe? What's next, Joe? Next one is 2015's Bloodsucking Bastards. All right. All right. So the synopsis of this is uh, our main character Evan. He's a dutiful and overworked employee stuck in a soul-killing corporation with his beautiful co-worker and ex-girlfriend, Amanda, as his, uh, oh, and his slacker best friend, Tim. Uh, Evan's world begins to crumble when Amanda dumps him, and his boss, Ted, has uh, hands his coveted promotion over to his nemesis, Max, played by uh, Pedro Pascal, by the way. Um, however, when the bodies start piling up all over the place and lazy co-workers become paler and hardworking and more aggressive, Evan soon discovers that Max is actually a vampire and has turned most of the office into vampires as well. And now Evan must defeat Max and rescue his workplace pals before his life and career can go from dead end to just dead. Yeah, and that's blood-sucking bastard. This one, I think I like this one the least of any of them. Um, but I, I thought it was, it had kind of a indie do-it-yourself feel to it which i thought was pretty fun yep. uh but some of the some of the dialogue i thought was a you know a little a little clunky his um, friend the editing the editing was pretty yeah, clunky. the lighting that was too. pretty clunky too yeah there were there were some moments some editing was fine and then other editing would be they'd linger a bit too, too long, long on a shot yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but i loved the um the two characters um, tim kern yes who's or uh Joey Kern, who played Tim, his best friend, yes, who was in Cabin Fever, yes, and then the yes. main yeah. character, right, Evan, played by Fran Kranz from Cabin in the Woods, which we'll get Cabin to. Cabin in the Woods, and yeah. and when they were just uh, uh, doing the back and forth throwing, yeah, pop, 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 pop. yes, <laughs> that was fantastic. I I I wish I wish it was just uh, concentrated on um, uh, those two guys and have them go through the whole scenario then. Just have um, uh, the friend Krenz in it because I mean he was fine in it, but I was more interested in uh, you know the buddies, and there was like a a nice little uh, uh, side uh, reveal when uh, 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 Joey Kern uh, was saying, "Oh yeah, yeah, they're uh, yeah they're they're vampires," and then they did a montage of of him, you know, seeing certain scenes. And then they had the security guard later on where yeah. it would just, like, do a side 
and it would you know show him always drinking a Red Bull. Uh, that was that was cute. That was fun. I I did like when the vampire like they added an extra little oomph to killing vampires than most movie movies don't. Uh, in this one, when you kill a vampire, they literally just explode blood, like a like a right. hundred and twenty yeah. pound gallon bag of blood just gets popped. And there's just the, if if you're looking for a bloody movie, you found it. This was uh, this delivered time and time again. The Lost Boys did that, Joe. This they is better than the Lost Boys. <laughs> it's not better than the Lost Boys. All right, I won't go that far. This one's it's not better than the Lost yeah. Boys. <laughs> but it's better than the Lost Boys sequels put Correct. together. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Easy, that, easy, that's hand out. There aren't many movies that aren't better than the Lost Boys sequels. By the way, Joe, there is a Corey Feldman uh, show coming up in August. If you're uh, and you're more than welcome to. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to. I'm just I'm busy that whole month. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just uh, just making sure. Yeah, Matt, I'm, you want to you want to fly over anytime to... anytime Corey Feldman's around. I'm busy. Just, now, if there's just, a Corey no. Haim show, I'll go. <laughs> so mean. Yeah. <laughs> it's so mean. He's dead. He's dead. Uh, uh, well, I guess I don't really have much to say about this yeah, one. Yeah, I don't either. I, yeah. It, was it was fine. It was relatively yeah. it's a dark entertaining. Comedy. Yeah. 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 I I mean, if you hopefully if you were uh, listening to this and you watched the movies, um, I, I think it's entertaining enough. I give it three cuts. But uh, it's not nothing great. Yeah. What's your, what's your next one, Joe? Okay, we're gonna move on to another. I think I have. A, I think I know which one is next. Hold on, wait a minute. Let me look. Hold on. Hold There's on. There's only two. Right, and you I know which fitty, one's fitty next. Chin, which is what? Because I have a feeling I know which one you're saving to last. So I think the next one is Intruder. No, it's Cabin on the Wood. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Okay. That's what I had. Cabin Um, in the Woods. That's what I had. Okay, so Cabin in the Woods, five teenagers head off for a weekend. This is from 2011. Head off for a weekend at a secluded cabin in the woods. They arrive to find they are quite isolated with no means of communicating with the outside world. When the cellar door flings itself open, they, of course, go down to investigate, you know, like Scooby and Shaggy and the gang would do. And then they find an odd assortment of relics and curios but when they, uh, but when one of the women, Dana, reads from a book, she awakens a family of deadly killer zombies. And however, there's uh, far more going on than meets the eye. For those of you that have not seen this, um, we're gonna spoil it anyway because yeah, half of the fun of this movie is the stuff that is the more than meets yes, the eye. It. So there is actually an underground, I guess, uh, business where all of these kids in the woods at these cabins, this is all orchestrated in hopes to get someone to, uh, or get all of these kids to kill themselves or to die in one way, shape or form or another to appease the, was some sort of God, blood God or something. And if they don't, then the whole world's going to end. So Matt, we're, we're spoiling the daylights out of this one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because if you haven't seen this film, you should have. Turn off the podcast you and go should've. watch yeah, it and come back. It. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, this this yeah. movie's fantastic. It's so good. Yeah, so no, this good. is a great one. It it starts out as one thing and it, you begin to find out it's something else and and uh 
Yeah, I think it's it's terrific. Yeah. So directed by Drew Goddard, written by Joss Whedon, uh, starring Kristen Connolly as Dana, some guy named Chris Hemsworth. Hemsworth? I don't know. I never yeah, heard of him. He's, he's not going to amount to anything. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. one, one other thing I want to point out. This, again, is has Fran Kranz in it. Uh, and the reason I want to bring this up is because I did a little uh, research. There's a scene, of course, like in every one of these Friday the 13th movies where everybody goes down to the lake and they want to go jumping into the lake and go swimming. Yeah. You guys that have watched this, you'll notice who does not jump in the water. The stoner. Right. Fran Kranz. Yeah. You know why? Because it, that's what that's what the uh, uh, jokester doesn't do. It's it's like Crispin Glover. It's like no, we have no suits. Okay, no. it's believable, <laughs> but that's not the real reason. Uh, here, I'm just going to read this. During the lake scene, the only student not to jump into the lake is Marty, who remains fully clothed on the dock. This was partially due to Fran Kranz being noticeably ripped. The crew, the crew referred to him as muscular Jesus. He was in if he was in better <laughs> shape than any of the other cast members were. Oh my I God. noticed he was, that. He was I noticed that with his legs. He was more his ripped legs. than Chris Hemsworth. I saw Hemsworth. his legs. I saw wow. his legs, and I was like, "Damn, his calves are like freaking ripped." Yeah, and I and it's just like a little like second of it. I googled a picture, uh, or I googled you know like Fran Kranz during the. Uh, or I actually I googled Fran Cran's muscular Jesus, and there's pictures with him with his shirt off. That kid is just ripped solid, just like no body fat, right? Not just an ounce. No, but he's got muscle too. And what they just figured that if if he took his shirt off, it would totally blow the the stoner persona. He he would have yeah. been the athlete, yeah. instead of the fool, yeah. <laughs> that, oh, that's funny. I saw yeah. weird. Huh. Yeah, this yeah this, this film's so great, and I, I mean especially with the full with the uh, the super coffee bong, that uh, <laughs> I mean genius. Okay, that didn't exist before this movie, but it they got now. it developed. The thermal coffee mug bong was a fully functional mug and bong as portrayed in the film. The prototype of which cost five thousand dollars to make. Oh wow! Gosh. But you know now we got it. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, but think of the chambers in that bong. It's like especially when you along it, that must be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, I also love um, how um, other countries were, were in on it, and I, I love the Japan thing, where um, uh, the Japan crew uh, 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 messed it up and turned uh, this uh, demon, uh, like uh, you know, the ring girl or. Um, the grudge girl and turned her into yeah. this happy little frog. And what are the, what are the uh, workers in, um, in America? We just going, the Japan crew fucked us. <laughs> How hard is it to kill nine year olds? I did. It's just, it, it, throughout the whole, <laughs> throughout the whole thing is there's so many like little uh, nooks and crannies that just really like embrace horror films, like with werewolves. You, you got to, you got a unicorn killing people. You have a giant snake. I had a question about that. Yeah. It, it, so, for those of you that haven't seen the movie, you suck. But um, yeah, it, you eventually go down underground and you see all of these possible nightmares that these kids could have chosen to kill them. 
And, you know, like there's, there's demons, there's, uh, you know, uh, hillbilly zombies, but one of them is, is a unicorn. It's a unicorn. Actually, yeah. Joe, I have the list. Okay. Uh, so, so what we have is werewolves, alien beasts, mutants, wraiths, zombies, reptilians, clowns, witches, sexy witches, demons, hell lord, angry <laughs> molesting tree, obviously the evil dead right there, uh, giant snake, deadites, Kevin, I don't know who Kevin is. Okay, I do. Uh, you do? Who? Okay, so Kevin is a reference to the movie Sin City. Uh, Frank oh. Miller's Sin City. Elijah Wood? Yes, it's a it's Elijah Wood's killer from Sin City. Brilliant. Uh. Uh, Mummy, The Bride, and then uh, the, the second is The Scarecrow Folk, Snowman, Dragon Bat, Vampires, uh, Dismemberment Goblins. I would love to see that one. Um, Sugar Plum Fairy, Merman, we, we saw him, yeah. the, the, re, the reanimated, Unicorn, the Huron, H-U-R-O-N, Huron. I don't know that one. What is that? Uh, Sasquatch, Wendigo, or uh, Yeti, Dolls, the Doctors, uh, Zombie Redneck Torture Family, which was the one they picked, Jack Lantern, Giant, and then Twins. Yeah, and they they did a and, wonderful job. And you job. see them all. Yeah. And you see them all in this. Every film. one of these villains, every one of these creatures, had to get developed and rasterized in this. You know. And you see them all. Cause, yeah. Because she amazing. presses his button for the elevators to open, she's going, "Let's get this party started!" And just slams it. And they have all these SWAT guys in this hallway, and the, all the elevators lights just light up at the same time, and just boom, and it's just chaos. And if you're not a horror fan, if if Watching this film, I never saw this in the movie theater, and I hit myself and kicked myself every time thinking this, that I wasn't able to experience this on a big screen. Did you guys? No, I saw it on, like, actually, I never saw it in the theaters, and the first time I got to see it, I had to watch it on an iPad. Oh, no! <laughs> yeah. That sucks. Yeah. No, I didn't oh, see my it in gosh. the theater. Yeah, I didn't either. It it well, MGM uh, went bankrupt, and the, that's what happened. It uh, they it got pushed back, like I think two years, and it actually kind of worked out because Chris uh, Chris Hemsworth, or whoever that guy was, um, wasn't big at that time, and it was like after Thor, so it kind of helped them out with the box office. So yeah, he filmed this first, mm-hmm. and then it got tabled, and then he did Thor in 2011. And then he did Red Dawn in 2012, and this came out then too. Oh, he did Red Dawn after Thor. Yeah. Oh wow. And actually, we yeah. we forgot the most important reveal of them all. I mean, not only do you have uh, Richard Jenkins, who was the dad in Step Brothers, and Bradley Wilf- Whitford from Billy Madison, but you also have Sigourney Weaver, Sigourney Weaver, who yeah. was originally supposed to be Bruce Campbell. Oh, really? Oh, that's but he oh was, it's going to be Bruce Campbell? He was busy, and he couldn't do it. So they got uh, second choice, Sigourney Weaver. Second choice with Sigourney yeah. Weaver? That's funny. Wow. I love it that it's Sigourney Weaver, though. I do. Yeah, that's I thought nice. she was great. Yeah. I, I feel like Bruce Campbell would have been would have gone a little bit over the top with that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, maybe I don't know. It it would have been interesting, but uh, yeah, it's just a fun movie. It's so it's so like you know, Pandora's box kind of thing. All of a sudden, everything you know comes flying yeah. out, and it, yeah, it, it 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 it's it's just a, a great movie from beginning to end. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, a second question for you guys. It almost qual. It would almost qualify as uh, horror comedy too. Really. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Dark comedy, at least. Yeah. Second question: What would you consider yourself? Would you consider yourself the scholar, the athlete, the whore, the virgin, or the fool? Um, I don't know. Uh, oh shit, man! Okay. I'd... <laughs> The whore, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. It's moving on. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, what would be the next one? Of course, then would be the last ni- one. The last one would be 1989's Intruder. Intruder. Yeah. Uh, the synopsis is an ex, the ex-boyfriend of a checkout girl at a supermarket, returns at closing time to make trouble, and they quarrel. And the boyfriend is ejected from the store. After they lock up the building uh, to take inventory, the employees start dying off, and the survivors must eventually find a way to escape with their lives. Yeah. I mean, great setup. Yeah. <laughs> such a that fun about movie. It up. You know, it's... it's Directed uh, by, Yeah, go. It's... It... it uh, I, I, you know, th- there's there's so much in this. For one thing... One of the actresses in it is uh, Charlie, or not Charlie Sheen, Martin Sheen's daughter, Renee, Renee, Renee Estevez. Renee Estevez. Uh, and was she, she was, the lead? She was not no. the lead. Elizabeth Cox is the lead, but the, she was the other girl. She was the the friend, first one to die. First one, yeah, she was first one to die. Yeah. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Which is and, funny uh, because if uh, I was reading the back of the DVD or the back of the VHS copy, the way it was written and the way she was highlighted is like she was the star because she had a name, Estevez. Yeah, Estevez. And, yeah, uh, she's the first one. And by, and by 1989, Emilio Estevez was, you know, yeah, huge, you know. Speaking of the packaging, um, attention marketing department, if you're trying to make a murder mystery where... You don't want people to know who the murderer is. Don't put his face put, on the cover. Don't put his right. face or, on the cover. Or in the trailer. Did you, yeah. I posted the trailer yeah. on yeah. TikTok, and it's yeah. got it's got the who the killer is, which is fine if you're not going to make it into a mystery. But it was they yeah. they built it up like you didn't know who the killer was for the first whatever half or two third, even almost two thirds of the movie. You don't know. It, who was, the killer it, was, is. it was almost at, completely at the end of the movie. Right. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, but they they give it away in the trailer, and it's and, and it's on the the uh, poster of the movie. So it's it, very strange. Uh, but yeah, Scott Spiegel directed this. He also directed Hostel Part Three, I believe. Uh, Dust Till Dawn Two, and Still Dawning. <laughs> Still dawning. But of course, it also stars both Ramy brothers, or at least. You know, the two who everyone knows. I don't know if there's any other Raimi brothers, but uh, it's got Ted Raimi and Sam Raimi. And Bruce Campbell. And, of course, Bruce Campbell. What's funny is Sam Raimi, Ted Raimi, and Bruce Campbell got top billing 
for this film <laughs> to capitalize off of Bruce Campbell's uh, notoriety. And he's got, what, like a 15-second bit part as a cop? Right, he's on at the very end. Yeah. 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 Um, this film was originally supposed to be called The Night Crew, and they later um, right. decided to change it to The Intruder, or just Intruder. I, I got to say... Yeah, I think, the, a, I think the producer or the pr- production company or whatever made them change it to Intruder. I, th- I thought I read that somewhere, but I could be wrong. Um, it had a great set, great costumes, terrible the, fight scenes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, the, the, the fight, fight scenes, scenes in this movie yeah. are so slow motion. Phenomenal. Yeah, they I, are. I, I, I'll, I'll never look at uh, uh, Raimi uh, going into a, a bunch of Diet Pepsi cans ever again. It's or or like a bunch of way. bags of chips. They get thrown yes. into a bunch of bags <laughs> yeah. of chips, and they all open. Like, yeah. you know, I'm like, come on. They're not all going to open that quickly. And I, I love how, uh, you know, originally that display of Pepsi cans or Diet Pepsi, they were all closed, but that. When they hit the ground, they all sound like empty cans. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. Just like there's a scene where the uh, the main girl is hitting her ex boyfriend with the fire extinguisher. <laughs> that sounds like she's hitting him with a piece of Tupperware, but then when it when she drops it and it falls to the ground, it actually sounds metallic. <laughs> yeah, uh, 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 the grocery store was uh, rented by the studio, but it was an empty grocery store, so they had to buy expired groceries from a warehouse. And I guess the smell of expired groceries got really rank, like um, uh, especially, I guess, the dog food in the bags. It started rotting, and it just stunk up the place where people like had to just have the doors open just to air out the place. Oh, my God. I love the... Um... Some of the kills in this movie are absolutely fantastic. Yes. Well, the, well, the 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 makeup department in this is like a legendary. Oh yeah. Special yeah. effects makeup department. And all three of there's three main special effects makeup guys in this who and I don't have their names on me right now. So if you could Greg, check Greg it. Greg Nicotero is one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Greg Nicotero and then but there's two others and all three of these guys have gone on to do huge things in major yeah. uh, A-list movies. And and all three of these guys were working on this little movie in 1989. It's amazing. And it shows, and it shows yeah. that like how talented these guys were. I mean, especially the bandsaw was Robert, by far. Robert Kurtzman. And yeah, Robert yeah. Rodman, Sean Rogers, and Greg Nicotero. Yeah. yeah. And all three of those guys, if you look at their, if you go on their IMDb and look at what they've done, I mean, they've all been in, involved in some huge movies all the way up to today. In fact. Yeah. So pretty um, cool. I and again, this hits me right in the soft spot. You know, we've got bubbling cops. Yep, a few of them have actually. Bubbling cops. Oh, yeah. totally. And Bruce uh, Campbell's one of them. Yes, yeah, <laughs> fit that role quite well. Ted Raimi really hams up that nerd role in this film. He's really <laughs> he sure, chewing he's the He's adorable well. in it, yeah. though. He's adorable. <laughs> I really liked him in it. I really liked. Oh, him I in did too. Film. Yeah, yeah. What he's was adorable. It? I have to ask though. What was it about the '80s and nerds? Because yeah. they they were in every movie. There was like at least one nerd, and they're all like just a little over the top. You know? Because I, nerds were picked on in the '80s. It wasn't any you know hashtag whatever. It, yeah, it, when you're a dork, you're a dork. It's. I just want to know what music was he thing. was listening to, because no. he did not take those headphones off for he the life did of him. Yeah. I mean, I guess they thing. carried that same that same archetype 
forward. It's just that they didn't make it so obvious. Like in Scream, you've got Jamie Kennedy, who is the nerd, but he, you know, they don't have to have him wearing the glasses. Whereas Mark would call him the hero. The hero. He yeah, is yeah. the hero. <laughs> the love interest. Yeah. <laughs> he would have been. He's dreamy. Yeah. Um, um, so in fact, maybe. to the, the kills, uh, one of my favorites is the kill in the office with the paperwork spike. You know, yeah. the, the guy on the guy's, the spike on the yeah. guy's desk. Not it so didn't much. kill him, though. Not, it wasn't so much the kill, but the adding machine turning That's the paper true. red that as the, the ticker tape kept going through. Yeah, that was good. And then the desk and lamp. And typing it, though? Yeah. And the typing. desk lamp getting coated in blood, which changed the lighting for the scene. It was great. Yeah. And then there was the, uh, I think it was Sam Raimi, who was eating olives. And they pan down the, the jar of olives that he's eating out of, and there's an eyeball stuck in it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, it's just fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the head compressor, uh, uh, the barley oh, uh, compressor, you know, the compressor where he, the guy's head's put there? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it just yep. crushes him down. That's a great one. But I, I think, like, the best one, I think the most famous scene, uh, I did some research, is it has to be the bandsaw. Yes. It has to be. Yep. I mean that that one's fantastic. Yeah. With, you can see the teeth, the tongue, you know, down the throat, and it's just such a brutal. It was brutal, very. Brutal scene. Uh, now that I've seen that, it made me think of what was that Netflix one? Fair Street. That's what Fair I was Street. thinking of yep. too. Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah. It, it, but it, it was really to, well done. That band saw scene, like you could see the teeth. Yeah, you know, and Mark and just it said was, that. Oh, he just said that. Oh, sorry, yeah. I, I was I was uh, doing something. Else. No, no, but, I, I understand like, you don't listen like, to me when, 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 I, when I talk, man. It's like it, it's totally understandable. Like it's it's proof right there, proof mm-hmm. in the pudding. Yeah, I just when Joe's talking, I hear talking, and when Mark's talking, I hear wah 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 Yeah, I get it. Teacher from the Charlie Brown. Fantastic, fantastic. But yeah, no, I I love the bandsaw scene with the teeth and 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 just. It was just, it looked real. Like, and so many movies from this time period, when they do a, uh, when they do a shot like that, they didn't really look real. You know, you can appreciate the, the effect and you can appreciate the, you know, the, the practical side of it and all of that. And we do, but, but a lot of, for instance, like when you look at the evil dead or evil dead Two. A lot of those special effects, you can, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily look realistic, but there's something cool about the way they did it anyway. This actually looked like a guy was sitting there getting his his head sawed. It was, I thought, fantastic. Yeah, so. I think Mark liked it too. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. So, what did you Thanks, think Joe. about that scene, Joe? I didn't, or Mark? I didn't hear him about that. Don't worry about um, it. Uh, <laughs> what, what, what did you think of some of the camera shots on this? Uh, like uh, with, with the when. When she's on the phone and you see like the the Rory uh, dials and it's looking up when she's on the phone and when she's like sweeping I, with the broom. I thought it was below. a clear indication of a very young, inexperienced cameraman. Yes, yes, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah kind of like he he watched Citizen Kane or something. He's yeah. going, I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to do it that way. Even with the uh, the shot where um um you know the the two couple were talking and. It's like the cameras from up above. You got the Wonder Bread and the Oreos, and they're talking in the aisle. And he, he does two different shots. Yeah, Matt's looking at me like I'm insane. No, but, I'm okay. not. 
I'm not making any face. I'm not going. He's got, he's, he's, he's got me all. I did not do anything like that. That's, actually, that's just what you did. But okay. So anyway, there was a shot with like Wonder Bread and Oreos that I really appreciated the cinematography on that. I don't know yeah. if you heard that or not, Matt. Well, I was just about to say there was a shot with the Wonder Bread and Oreos. Uh, actually, well, well, actually, there, there was a shot. Uh, the first kill was a ripoff from Halloween with the butcher knife. Did you guys notice that? No. Where where the killer has the butcher knife and it's got a kind of like the uh, silhouette. Oh yeah, of the they butcher showed knife. the blade. Did you notice yeah. that? Yeah, it, that was a complete ripoff from Halloween. I thought. I, I, I didn't notice that. But, of that but, you know, yeah. one shot I really liked, and I hope that Mark Eslin already mentioned this, but there was one <laughs> shot that I really liked was... Did it have Oreos when, in it? <clears throat> no. <laughs> when the girl was running by the Yes, aisles, I already said that, Matt. And and he and he's hopping across the... Yes, the, I already <laughs> talked about that, Matt. Okay. Sorry. Uh, no, no, I'm kidding. No, no, I didn't. Oh, you did Go ahead. Oh, okay, no. okay. Uh, I was going to be like, I, I feel like I'm losing my mind now because I didn't remember you saying that. But I love that shot where the guy's running across that. So there were some yeah. fights, that, like some some of the action shots are like horrible. And then others, like that one was really cool. And then there was, then there's the scene where they're trying to get the, the ruffian, you know, out of the, it was towards the beginning. They're trying to get the, the ruffian out of the store and, Either Sam or Ted Raimi just comes walking up like, like they don't like he can't see that a fight's going on at the front of the store. Yeah, as he's walking up into it, and then he gets knocked into it and everything, but like falling all over. Yeah, it was. And some of the some of the worst police brutality I've ever seen too. At the end, when (laughs) you know (laughs) Bruce Campbell, and they they find what what we've were told as you know, the survivors, this, these are the heroes. They, they, they lasted. The cops just aren't buying their story and they're just, you know, tearing them up and down, throwing them up against the car. Like, we don't want to hear this stuff. You know? Yeah. 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 But they she didn't said, want to hear she it said, at all. She says, that's my box cutter. I'm like, shut up. What yeah. are you doing? <laughs> you're incriminating. Yeah. That's my box cutter. That's his blood all over me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, the, and then there was a shot towards the beginning with the, the grocery carts that, where oh, she's the like sexy down grocery cart? And the, the, yeah, the grocery cart's like pushing, not that one, but, but okay. like the grocery cart's like pushing into hers. And she looks up and like there's no one there. <laughs> Who's pushing the go- the grocery cart? Yeah. It's a great film. Yeah. It's, it's, it was a lot of it's fun. It's a wonderful example of how not to choreograph fight scenes. Yeah. yeah. But it, it's a, it was a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think I, I would I, enjoy I the fight time. scenes if I could watch them at like double the speed. Yeah, they might no, have been I'd, better. I'd I'd rather have slow like slower motion on it or something. Yeah, I mean part of it is slow. Part of the enjoyment of this was was that there were some clunky things like that that yeah. were just fun to laugh at. You know? Yeah, and and I just love looking at all the merchandise, like all the groceries on the shelves, like taking me back to the eighties, going, Oh yeah, that freaking cereal, that freaking cereal, or, Quake. Oh I yeah. You, I don't know if you guys ever worked in a grocery store, but I did when I was in high school and the tagger thing, that little uh, tag gun that they had. Yeah. The price gun where it like there's stickers on the end of it and it, and it um, prints the, the price that you've got on there and then you just slap them on each one and it's on the, it's actually on the trailer too, but Oreos. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh, oh yeah, that scene with the Oreos. Did you guys see that? Uh, but um, <laughs> no, in the trailer they show this person. Yeah, like, they do, they do, and doing the But that that price gun I used one. I mean, I I was very familiar with that price gun, and uh, so that was, and I had totally forgotten about it though. So it was kind of cool. And to see and that. and to think that like anybody like that's not our age or even like ten years, maybe even. God, twenty years younger. They they have no idea what that is. No, no but what cracked me up is the they're they're I noticed, and of course this is what we did, but they were pricing each individual Oreo package, and I'm like, who? How long did it take them to figure out that they could just have the price on the shelf itself below the item and people would figure it out? You know, you didn't have to have a price on each one. Well, but I guess they brought it up. Well, they that's used to true. do that all the they time. Didn't have, they didn't have barcode scanners back then, so yeah. the cashiers would have to rely in on the actual prices. In 89, they did, but maybe did not they? that store. They, yeah. In 89, yeah. they did? Yeah, in my, at my, the one I worked at in 89, they did, yeah. 88. Back in the good Look old days you. when you could yeah. just take the sticker price tag off of one item and put it on another one. Right, but not every store they did. They wouldn't and, and probably that. that store didn't. So Then the bubbling cops would be on your tail. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. So that was workplace that was horror, yeah, and uh, a good, very good, and and uh, a, an excellent, fun, uh, you know, little series of movies. So if you guys did not get a chance to to check these out, or you or whatever, you didn't get a chance to watch it. The movies that were picked were uh, the Belko Experiment, Compliance. Mayhem, Blood Sucking Bastards, Cabin in the Woods, and Intruder. And all of these all of these take place in a work environment ish, I guess. Um so good good job, Joe. And yeah, that Joe brings awesome. up the bar awful high. <laughs> awful did. high. And now it's up to Matt. Yeah, well the next one I think is gonna be an another maybe, hopefully equally fun one. I think in fact this this one I think is gonna be fun across the board in the same way that Intruder was, I think. Uh, and that is my next pick uh, we'll be doing in two weeks, and that is 80s slashers, but these are non-franchise slashers. These are movies that did not get a sequel, did not have a franchise involved uh, in an era when a lot of slashers did have franchises or at least did have one or two sequels so you had the halloween series was going through the 80s friday the 13th series was going through the 80s nightmare on elm street you know and on and on uh but uh, sleepaway camp right so these were all films that did not get sequels but were i think and these and also i think these also kind of um i i picked movies that i believe qualify as hidden gems too these are one and done's yeah, they're one and they, done. Yeah. But they're also they told their story completely in one episode. I was going to put, for instance, I, I didn't put anything that I think was popular at the time in a general sense. Like I didn't pick April Fool's Day, which I thought was a pretty popular movie at that time. Uh, these are all movies that you you might have needed to hunt around to find back in the day, maybe at the video store. But at any rate, so the first one is the New York Ripper. From 1982, directed by Lucio Lucio Fulci, and um, so that's the New York Ripper. And the second one, oops, 
and 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 oh, let me tell. And I will also tell you which what streaming services each of these can be found on. Uh, New York Ripper can be found on Shutter. It can also be found on AMC Plus, and I believe you can rent it on Amazon and, and any other renting place. But but if you have a Shutter ex- uh, subscription, which obviously we here at Cinescare highly recommend that you do, it's only they just had a deal where you could get it was uh, halfway to Halloween or something like that deal where you could get it for two ninety nine a month and for the next six months. But I think normally it's like four ninety nine, five ninety nine, something like that. Yeah. But it's highly worth it. A lot of horror movies. Yeah, it's it is for the amount of horror movies you get. It's a great deal. Anyway, uh, and most of these are on Shutter. Uh, the next one is 1987's Blood Rage. Directed by John Grismer, and it is available on Tubi. So that's Blood Rage from 1987. The next one is Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker, directed by <laughs> William Asher. It also had a, I believe, a an alternative title that I I can't think of right now, but something about the night or something like that. Um, but that is on Shutter and AMC Plus. The next one is Pieces from 1982, directed by Juan Picard Simon. Um, and that is, let's see, I don't think there's any major stars in it or anything. But this one I've heard is a really good movie. It's called Pieces from 1982. And the, all of these, uh, this is also on Shudder. No, I'm sorry. Hold on. Let me look. It's on Shutter, Peacock, and Tubi. So if you don't have Shutter, you don't have Peacock, just go to Tubi. Tubi is free. Tubi is, you know, Tubi's doing a lot I'm of sure legwork. Everybody's going to get Peacock just so they can watch Firestarter. Oh, I'm sure they will. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's pieces. And then the next one is, uh, I think, is going to be kind of a fun one. I've heard that it's it's fun, and and a good. A bad movie in a good way. Sorority Babes in the Slime Ball Bolorama from 1988. All of these movies, by the way, I picked are movies I actually haven't seen yet, and I've been meaning Can to get around to. Can you repeat the title, to. please? Yes, Sorority Babes in the Slime Bowl. Uh, I'm sorry, Slime Ball <laughs> Bolorama. What the fuck? Yeah, these are all movies that I I had been meaning to get to, and I just have never had a chance to. Can you say it again, but slowly. Sorority babe. Um and this is and that one is on Tubi. Of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> of course that title is. Oh, this is. is like perfect Tubi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's Tubi. Is this original content by Tubi? It's it's 19 no. No. 1988 no, it's not. part it's 8 Joe. Smelling a Friday 13th part 8 1988. And uh, love sixth it. the sixth and final movie that I'm going to uh, let you know we're watching is 1981's The Prowler by director Joseph Zito. Oh, and yes. this one is on Tubi as well. So all of the movies I have are either on Tubi, which is a free service, or on Prowler, or I'm sorry, on Prowler, on uh, Shutter, which is very, very uh, good deal. So they're either on Tubi or not Tubi. 
Is it on Tubi or, or not, not Tubi? Tubi? Oh, boy. Now that should be a meme. <clears throat> oh, maybe. Um, so anyway, uh, check all those movies out, and we will be talking about them next time. Uh, and Joe, why don't you tell people where to go to find our luscious merchandise? They can go to hell. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, you can go to CinescareHorror.com, our, our luscious website, with plenty of details and inside information about the three of us. Uh, and on there, there's a link to our merchandise store and which you can buy. God, just, well, like the shirt that I'm wearing, the Cinescare logo Ooh. or Cinescare productions or the Cinescare jaws. It looks pretty good, Joe. I like it. Ooh, nice. I, I purchased yeah. the, uh, they have an option for an extra soft shirt. Yeah. Which this is actually, this is, yeah, the extra soft, the tri blend. Mm. Uh, fanta- I could I could cuddle up in a winter's night into this shirt. Nice, excellent. Yeah. They need and to make underwear out of this stuff. Yeah, I, I was thinking about getting a hoodie in that, but uh, I'll wait until it, I'm coming into a time of year when I will almost never need to wear a hoodie. So. Yeah, I also got a uh, just a white Cinescare Productions, you know, with the more of the three dimensional realistic oh, yeah. looking mm-hmm. Cinescare blade. Right. It, uh, turned out wonderful. I just haven't worn it yet. Nice. nice. But uh, yes, now that our our links and our web stores and our shopping carts are all now functional, we'll please uh, encourage all of you to go out and purchase something to help out the show. Yeah. And I'm back on Twitter. I'm back on Twitter. Just got to get back in the groove of things. But yeah, follow yeah, it. Go, on, go to our... I'm back on Twitter. Go to our social media. Go to Facebook. We've got a Facebook fan group there. We've got our Facebook page there. We've got a Twitter page. We've got Instagram. And we have a, a quickly growing uh, a TikTok. TikTok account TikTok. as well. And Thanks to Matt. I posted a, a commercial that absolutely terrified me when I was a kid for the movie, for the movie Magic. And actually, I found out... Uh, as I was looking it up, that that commercial was pulled from the airwaves because parents called in to complain about it. So check it out. It's actually gone. I, I don't know if I could say that it's gone viral, but it's gotten thousands of views. So uh, go check it out on 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 uh, on TikTok. It's it's pretty creepy. I also want to point out uh, if you've stumbled upon our show on accident and you're trying to find us on the interwebs, especially on social media or more particularly on Twitter. Look for Cinescare Horror. Uh, it's, right. You know, often duplicated, never replicated. We are the original Cinescare Horror. There, uh, look for the saw blade with the movie reel uh, embedded into it. That yep. is our logo. There's a couple other imposters out there that are not us. Um, right. They they hopped on the the bandwagon a little too late. So. Yeah. The suckers. Yeah. Damn. All right. Well, I guess that does it for this week, and we will see you next time. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.
boop, hop, 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 hop. <laughs> How hard is it to kill nine-year-olds? I love it so much. I gave birth to a baby myself and named it Belko. Oh, no. 